Hello and welcome to another episode of Think Big, Move Fast. In this very special episode, I'm sharing an interview that I had with master sales trainer and marketing expert, Nicole Gallant. Nicole is the founder and force behind SmartCat Marketing, and I had the pleasure of working with her to help her create her online course, The Smart Selling Method. We talk about everything from used car salesmen to sales funnels to sliding into people's DMs and LinkedIn to her signature saying, ditch the pitch. We even squeeze in a great conversation about what it looks like when you work really hard to create an online course that stands out, but then price it the same as every other online course on the internet. What happens when you do that? And we talk about so much more. If you want to learn more about Nicole, you can visit her at smartcatmarketing.ca. And I hope you enjoy this interview. I absolutely had a great time talking to her. And if you want to learn more about selling and selling without the sleaze, definitely check out Smart Cat Marketing. Let's get to it. Okay, so here's the problem. Many entrepreneurs want to create online courses to help grow their businesses, build their email list, and share their knowledge with the world. But it's overwhelming to try and map out the ideas, create that curriculum, and deal with the tech, right? I'm your host, Heather DeVoe, and I want to welcome you to Think Big, Move Fast, where I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs just like you create amazing online courses quickly so you can share your talents with the world instead of getting bogged down in the process. I am the leading instructional design coach for entrepreneurs who want to create online courses faster, easier, and who want to make more of an impact while they're at it. I've created thousands of hours of online courses, in-person workshops, and training programs for businesses in eight countries spanning four continents, and my courses have reached countless people over the last 20 years. Now, I'm teaching you everything I know about how to create amazing online courses quickly and easily. Stick with me and you'll learn how to take the guesswork out of getting started. I'll show you how to clear the way forward so you can create a meaningful curriculum and I'll teach you how to tackle the tech with ease so you can bring your online courses to life. In other words, I make creating online courses simple so you can make them faster. Let's get to it. Okay, thanks so much, Nicole, for being here today. Nicole Gallant of Smart Cat Marketing is here for an interview with me to talk about her program, The Smart Selling Method, and to talk about, we're going to have a little conversation about pricing and the importance of pricing your online course properly, because Nicole and I had a really great discussion this week, sort of off the cuff, really, it was quite late at night, about what it looks like to price your program the same way that everyone else is pricing their program. But before we get into talking about that, I want to hear all about Nicole Gallant, Smart Cat Marketing, what you do, what you love to help clients do, go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Heather, for having me. Um, definitely enjoyed our topic the other night, which obviously spurred this, yeah. this little moment we're having here. But <laughs> So I've been in business since 2015. And I would say, if you want to wrap it up really tightly, is I love aligning people's marketing with their ideal client. And I do that through what they say, how they say it. So whether it's content or whether it's in person, whether it's in our squares that we're dealing with right now, Mm -hmm. it's all the things that you say to the client in order to get BS in the first place to Mm -hmm. to align that process. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And you've been doing this a long time, like you say. 
And Nicole, will you please share with everyone what your sort of catchphrase is? What the thing is that you say to people when they talk about pitching, when they talk about selling, what sort of, you know, platform are you on about this? What's your opinion on that? It's ditch the pitch. pitch. (laughs) Like ditch the pitch. Ditch the pitch. Why do you think that's important? Because people don't like smarmy salespeople, right? If if you think of the stereotype, Mm -hmm. the stereotype automatically people talk about the car salesman, right? If if you visualize that smarmy salesperson, it's the car salesman that approaches you in the parking lot and tells you all the great things because he's just selling. He just, you know, he's just there to make a sale. And through my years in this marketing and sales industry and working with customers, we as individuals hate being pitched to. We hate it, right? You hate it. I hate it. I can't stand that smarminess and you can figure it out. You know, some people can't, some people do get pulled in, hence why scammers exist, right? Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea, the whole idea is, especially when you're in a competitive market, being smarmy, being, you know, that sleazy, salesy, pitchy, you're just like everybody else. Yeah. Right. So in order for you to stand out, you need, to, I, I like to call it that, um, you had me at hello moment. Yeah. <laughs> I right? love that. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if people stop and listen, because you've said something that resonates with them, they're going to go, oh, yeah. what's yeah. Heather saying? Right. Which yeah. is, which is how you and I connected when I think right. that you and I connected because you had said something on social media, you weren't pitching anything. You were just saying, this is what I do. This is how I help people. I help people accomplish this bam. Yeah. Right. And do your, you know, complete a course and get it online in 30 days. Yeah. Holy shit. I was like, that spoke directly to me. You were mm-hmm. not pitching. Right. Right. So it's that whole be the solution. Yeah. I know everybody says it every, you hear it or every marketer is talking about it now, but be the solution. But do you really know what that means? Because a lot of people don't because we're they're, everybody's still pitching. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that is, it's a hundred percent true. Um, I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty that when you move away from that idea of pitching, because when you found me, I wasn't pitching, but I have been for a very long time because pitching comes out of desperation, right? Pitching comes from, I just need to close the sale. I like, I just need, I need to make my quotas. I need to make my revenue goals. Like it it gets really dirty sometimes. And when you feel that desperation as an entrepreneur and absolutely 2020, if anyone was going to feel desperate, it was going to be in 2020. um, You know, there there's that sense of like, you're just grasping at straws. And I feel like a pitch. And now that I've worked with you and I've learned about your sort of zone of genius around this and how you feel about this, when I even see people saying things like I'm going to a pitch competition, which is fair game. Like that's totally a legit thing. That's when you can pitch. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also like, Oh, we should find another word for that because it's, it's a desperation thing. It's let me parade my dog and pony show in front of you and hope that you like it. Um, And it's interesting because yeah, it's pitching is definitely one of those things. Number one, that people teach. Number two, that entrepreneurs buy into. And um, I like your example of the salesman. I love how the like dirty car salesman has stood the test of time around pitching and salesy, you know, (laughs) and I'm air quoting here, but like, there's no need to air quote salesy. Everyone knows what that is. Yeah. 
I love that. I wonder what you think of the LinkedIn pitch that Ugh. will slide into your DMs, which is Ugh. disgusting, by the way. Like, I hate that saying. We just slide into your DMs. Um, so to me, I mean, that's the used car salesman of 2020, yeah. 2021. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. So, so here's the deal. I sound like Biden, right? Here's yeah. the deal. Drop it. Mic drop. <laughs> the deal is we know that people are going to approach us to sell them their stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the idea is if you're, if you're, if you're the person who's trying to get leads for your business and you see somebody on LinkedIn that you think would make or be your ideal client. The idea is, is don't still don't pitch them in their DMS. That's like saying you, that's like walking up to somebody, a cute guy on the sidewalk. And you're like, will you marry me? <laughs> no, I don't know you. Oh my God. Right? I've never heard it put that way before, but you're, yeah, let's just crawl into bed together. Like that's... To you. I don't know you. I don't know your core beliefs. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're you know, are you a creep? I don't know any of this stuff. So those cold emails and those DMs are the same thing. When you're pitching, you're asking for, you're asking, it's like a proposal. Yeah. Do business with me. No, I don't know you. Right. It's that no like and trust. I truly believe there's no, there's in today, 2021 with the internet and everything that you have, there's no need for anybody to do any more cold calling, cold DMs. No. Do yeah. a little research, yeah. right? Why are you reaching out to this person? So in your DMs say, hi, my name is Nicole. I really liked, and be authentic, right? People can still, the sleazy stuff, right? Um, I really liked how you did, or I really liked your article on, or I really, I saw you on social media, really liked your post about. I really, you know, would you be willing to connect, ask permission, right? Would you be willing to connect to have a conversation? Who would say no? Yeah. I like that you ask permission because I, I once a day get a request for a connection on LinkedIn and it's that generic, no, no, I bet. not even a note probably. Yeah. yeah it, it, most of them. And they have that option now, which is yes. alarming to me. Um, something really interesting happens to me when people slide into my DMS on LinkedIn and I don't know them when they want to connect or they say like, Hey, I'd like to connect. Uh, I feel incredibly violated. Like it's like they're in my space and absolutely. And I notice it more throughout the pandemic. We're all online. Everybody's online now. And, and it's was really interesting to me that the more it happened, the more I was like, what do you want? You know, like it was, and I really had what my backup. What do you think of that generic when they just click the generic? Um, I'd like to be part of your network. Yeah. Like well, why? I don't. Like- I, I should know. write LinkedIn and tell them to, they need to get rid of that default. Yeah, like, I know. It's hard. It's hard because the tool they're tools, right? Like we forget they're, they're tools. tools, right? Um, and you can only use what you have in your toolkit. And that's what I love about what you do because you open up the world, you open up the toolkit for people to be like, hey, there is other ways to do this. And oh, by the way, if you're going to use these tools, here's how you use them correctly so that you're not pissing people off, right? Like so many business owners blow through their warm leads and then they're desperate. And then back to our point originally was when you're desperate, you start pitching. Right. And you had touched on the subject when you said the word I, right? I'm desperate. I'm thinking out my goals. I'm not making any money. I'm, and this is the problem. This is when you get into pitching because then suddenly you're thinking of yourself. Yeah. 
So when you hear all the marketers say, you know, it's about them, it's about them. Yeah, it is about them. And the idea is when you position yourself as somebody who's authentically going to help that person accomplish a task, reach a milestone, help them with their fitness goals, whatever it is that you're doing, then you're seen, you're not seen in that, oh my God, this person's just trying to sell me something. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, that's the difference between that cold and that warm and then knowing what to do. Right. Yeah. 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 Nicole, I want to talk to you about sales funnels <laughs> uh, because I think this is like pitching 2.0 right now. I think there's the LinkedIn level for sure. And then I think sales funnels is probably on par or a close second. And I have this aversion to sales funnels now because, um, and you and I have talked about this at length, but um, just for our listeners, I'll explain. I did a course last year to learn how to build a sales funnel, except I didn't, number one, I didn't know that's what I was buying, <laughs> which it speaks to the, the vagueness of, of marketing and pitching, mm-hmm. um, you know, solution focused selling is absolutely where my heart is now. But what I don't like is, is the sort of bait and switch of solution focused Uh, selling where I was very clearly sold on a solution for a problem that I identified I had. And then when I get in there, the solution was actually how to build a giant sales funnel. Um, And so I did it because I was like, oh, well, this must be the answer to my problems. And I was just talking to Sarah Roach Lewis, who is another client of mine. I interviewed her last week and she said that she said something really profound. And I want to share it here because it fits. I was looking for an elegant solution to a very big problem that I had. And what she said was, we all think there are elegant solutions. When it comes down to it, it's just work. You have to actually put the work in. So I was at a place in my business in the summer. And actually it was last March when I signed up for this program and I was doing it all through the spring and summer. And in the fall, I said to hell with this. And that's when I switched and went in in this direction in my business. But that sales funnel experience, it broke my heart because I realized it was like rubbing up against a car salesman. I was the car salesman in this example, Uh, constantly like, Hey, you want to buy a car? Hey, remember, here's my video. Hey, Hey, here's my 30 fucking emails that I sent you this week. Hey, do you want to buy a car? You want to buy a car? Um, and so you and I've talked about sales funnels. So I'm interested to know what your opinion is about the effectiveness of them. How do you use them properly? Should you be using them? What do you think? Oh, that's a fully, that's definitely a fully loaded question because you're absolutely right. Right. Those sleazy sales funnels, we used to call, we call things like that supernovas, right? Oh. So, so they can, they enter the internet and then they explode at first. Mm-hmm. So the person who's sending them thinks that they're doing great because, oh, people are buying, people are buying. You're not going to sustain your business on that simply because of reputation. Your reputation will get out that you're not delivering what you promise because a lot of those things are bullshit. Yeah. It's all over promise. It's shine that pixie dust on yeah. that package. And then when you get in there, you're like, wait a second, right? You're not really teaching me anything. You're just giving me a bunch of information that I have to go and spend my time and apply and all this kind of stuff, right? So yeah. we've gotten into this world where we're absorbing information and we're absorbing information and absorbing information, but nobody's helping you how to do it how to implement, right? It's this, this learn, apply, learn, apply, learn, yeah. apply that I really like. 
That's not what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I know too, because I've been taking some sales funnel courses from folks and the, the premise is, again, it's about them. It's the agenda of, well, you have to sparkle it and you have to dazzle them with all these buzzwords and promises and, you know, so the fake, um, you know, value, right? Yeah. So this is, this <laughs> is worth 10,000, but I'm going to give yeah. this to you for 97 bucks. Yeah, let's 10X the shit out of this. It's still only worth a hundred bucks. Though. Right. So yeah. unless yeah. you're, um, I can't even think of Mel Robbins or somebody huge or Amy Porterfield, who, you know, maybe it had success and, and you know, cause you saw that this program was a high ticket last year. So, you know, she's selling it cheap just, just to sell it off. Yeah. If you know that she's not sleazy selling, then you have an idea. But for the most part, these funnels are, they're fake, right? It's, yeah. it's full of promises that aren't going to. And then, then they're teaching this to their students. Like I had a gentleman teach us to literally steal somebody else's content, use all the shiny stuff because it works. Mm-hmm. Don't use your own content, use theirs because it works. Well, guess yeah. what? The difference between you and I, or maybe not you and I, but the, let's just say somebody's just starting a business. Yeah. You're just starting a business. And let's say they're, um, let's say she's a jewelry maker. And if she does a funnel and she's going to promise all these great things, what is it really going to do for her in the end? Yeah. But let's say she wants to teach how to make jewelry, a funnel, a proper funnel to reach those people who want to learn how to make jewelry and she'd probably generate a really nice business. So, I mean, this is a topic that could go on and on if you get very tactical, but, yeah. but you're right. Like, so sales funnels work. Yes. But people can, I think the majority of people now, especially after 2020 and everybody doing it, people can recognize the spammy stuff. Yeah. With yeah. The, those high buzzwords, the big lingo. Yeah, and I think you and I had the conversation. It's the, when people are talking and then you, you read it and you're like, what exactly are they offering me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so much buzzwords. You're like, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to get out of this. It's not clear. Right. So, yeah. so that's my take. They work. Yeah. But it has to be done authentically and, and, and do it in a way that you're literally just saying, this is how I can help you. This is what I offer. This is yeah. who I do it for, blah, blah, right. blah. And funnels will work. But yeah, yeah, yeah this, I think there's that easy stuff. Yeah, I think it's important to distinguish that like we all have a sales funnel. I have a sales funnel. You have a sales funnel. Um, I, I guess what I'm talking about is the that automated hit you with a yeah. video, hit you with a video. Here's my 30 emails. I find you on, on Instagram. I find you on do LinkedIn. This. I've made a million bucks. Do yeah. this and you'll make a million bucks. Yeah. It's so hard. And it's so funny because the, the lens of instructional design that I look at everything through, I'm always looking at like, how do you teach this? What does this look like? How do you break it down? When I went through the sales funnel training and then I went out back out to the world and I looked at how people were implementing what they had learned Um, And I'm not knocking anyone, anyone who creates a course is great. That's great. But what I realized was that that information wasn't translating properly because the way people were executing, they weren't getting the results. And what I realized was that what they were actually selling, and this is back to that smoke and mirrors, the sleaziness of it, which is why I get my backup about it. What I realized they were selling was a business you didn't have to work in. And I think that is the goal of when we talk about sales funnels, that, that 
conversation is usually hand in Plug hand in, automation. Go to the beach. Yeah. Right. Like, um, I have worked at the beach. You get a lot of sand in your laptop. This is an actual problem, but I think we, we don't draw that line enough between yeah, every business needs a sales funnel. You have to have a way to get leads. You have to have a way to nurture your clients. You have to have a way to onboard those clients. You have to have that. But the automation piece of it for me right, right now is the right. part that I struggle with because if that is the goal, if your goal is to automate the shit out of what you're doing, then what do you have a business for? Your business becomes an ATM machine. And I think your business should serve you what happened to me. And, and I don't want to complain about it, but I'm just recounting the experience. What I found was that I became, um, you know, indebted to my business where it actually became more work to automate and to run this automated sales funnel than it did to actually just show up and be real and tell people how I can help. And it became, it's a game, right? It's a, a, a cat and mouse game of, I'll just be two steps ahead of you all the time, learning what I need to learn. And then I'll spew it out. Like I, I know what I'm talking about and bringing this back to the instructional design piece. When I saw the piece of the funnel. And then when I really started doubling down on helping people create courses, cause I've been creating courses for years and I've been doing this sort of off the side of my desk for a long time. When I started really looking at the marketing of online courses and how people are using sales funnels mostly to sell online courses. Uh, interestingly enough, the focus was on the pixie dust and the flare and the, the dynamo, look at me, listen to my tragic yet inspirational experience. Oh, and I built this course because of this tragic and inspirational experience, but they're not teaching anything. And to your point of buzzwords, so many entrepreneurs who do training or coaching or consulting are promising grow your business. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So you're a marketing expert, you're a sales expert. You are someone who's been training for a long time, teaching people how to ditch the pitch. What is the best advice that you would give to somebody who's just starting out, who? is looking at all of this noise because we're experienced entrepreneurs and it's overwhelming for us. So what would you say to someone who's looking at all this noise and to help them succeed, sort of set their best foot forward right off the bat? What would you say? I think, and this is funny, and this is definitely from experience from coming from the corporate world and, and then becoming an entrepreneur is not truly in my first year, even though, you know, you know, you need to niche down and speak to one, and we use the term marketing avatar, which yeah. basically just means who's that perfect person? Who's that perfect person that you see in your head as your best client? And then just speak to them. Just speak to them. We all, I know I did. I mean, when I started in 2015, I wanted to be the agency. So I was doing a full gamut of stuff, yeah. speaking to everyone, and then being seen as the generalist, mm. right? So when you start a business, we all kind of, because we want the money, right? We're, we're yeah. learning how to, to <laughs> right? We were all about, well, I can do this. Well, I can do this for you. Well, I can do this yeah. for you. And it's hard for us as we start out when somebody tells us, I know I was there. Somebody tells us, just speak to one person. You're like, yeah, but I'm going to miss out on all these other opportunities. Now I'm five and a half years in going, shit, man. If I had to actually just listen to that advice in year one, 
who knows, right? I know in the last two years, I'm literally just trying to speak to a certain type of entrepreneur now. And then the gravy comes. Other people, you still attract people that aren't part of your avatar. That's the first, that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is, is it's not about, it's not about your fancy stuff, mm. right? So it's not about, don't focus on getting a website, which you need. Mm-hmm. But focus on first, what am I going to say in yeah. this website <laughs> right. first, right? Yeah. Because I see a lot of people rush and they hire, they hire developers and designers. They have no idea what they want to say because they think that other person is going to put that content in that website. Yeah. They can't. They yeah. can't speak for you. So you got to know what you're going to say, right? Who are you? Who do you work for? How do you help them? And what is the outcome that's the important piece at the end. What is the impact? What is the outcome? What is the transformation? Whatever fancy word you want to use. Yeah. What is it that you do for people? What will they get after they work with you? And if you can't answer that question, then your customers are not going to understand either. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the my biggest advice to clients. And I know that's, I don't know if that's what you're fishing for. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to know what is it like when for you, Heather, when I knew when I, when I signed up for your program, I knew 30 days, I was going to have a fully loaded program on Thinkific ready to go. There was no doubt. Mm -hmm. There was no buzzwords. There was no doubt in what you were delivering. Right. I knew exactly what you're going to do. And this is what I see is when I see all these entrepreneurs, they're networking. So they, they go to these virtual networking and then people say, you know, they want to introduce themselves and they're, they're pitching, they're pitching, yeah. they're spewing their what's the features. Well, I, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. Guess what? No one's going to remember that. No one's listening to you. People are either thinking about what they're going to say. Yeah. Right. They're like, oh my God, what am I going to say? It's got to be my turn next. I'm in the next square. They're not even listening to you unless you say something relevant. Right. With conviction, don't say it a hundred miles an hour (laughs) and say, you know what? This is what I do. This is how I help people. I help people do this Mm -hmm. because or why or whatever. You're more apt to get somebody to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are just little, I mean, you know me, I can go on and on about this I know, stuff. that's why I'm just like, just talk dirty to me, Nicole, tell me all the secrets, yeah. <laughs> those, are the, those are the two big things for people that are starting out, I just see, because I network a lot, I network a lot, and I see them struggle with those introductions right in the beginning, mm-hmm. when they're networking, trying to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for instance, I was on a, I, I probably, sh- I don't think anybody will figure this out, but I'm going to share this, so... <laughs> Just leave the names on the floor. <laughs> when you're too all. general, when you're too general, so there was a, there was somebody who introduced themselves and said, "I work with small businesses in various industries." Oh yeah, yeah. What is that? E- what what? Yeah, yeah like, it's an invitation to I'll work with you. I'll find a way to work with you. You just come and tell me what your problems are. But that's not what people are looking for. No, so people still have no clue what this person does. They don't know what industry they're in. They don't know how. So guess what? No one's in. He's been at this for a year, and I know he's been at this for a year because I had a conversation, and he's struggling with getting contacts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's not presenting as how he's not telling anybody how he helps people. Interesting. Yeah. You need to tell people how you help people. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that 
it's funny because you get to a point where like, you know, better, you know, and, but then there's still lots of stuff that there's still lots of stuff, even that I look at entrepreneurship and I'm like, I don't know, no better. I'm just going to ask someone, tell me, help me please. You know? And I think there's, you know, that's where you come in to help these people, right. As to that alignment piece of like this guy, for example, he knows what it is he does, but there's the articulation of that. And you have to be able to say that. And, you know, one of the things that I experience very frequently, uh, and it's a good thing I have good confidence, is that I either hear from people, you're really loud, like really loud, um, which I hear from a surprising number of people. And then the other side of that coin is I hear from people like, you're so bold. And it reminds me so often of how like, people take from things what they will, you know, like I am absolutely, I'm loud. I don't know how to be any other way. It, I have to very consciously like tone it down in situations if I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I'm, I'm going for bold, you know, like I want to be perceived as someone who's bold. And when it rubs somebody the wrong way, I think that is really interesting because they didn't hear a thing I said. They were just like, your tone is very loud. You're very loud, you know? And so I think that that's interesting because when you're talking to your people, like my people see me as bold. The people who don't like me see me as I'm just loud. I'm a loud mouth. I'm, I'm arrogant. I'm aggressive. Like I am all those things for sure, but I'm going for bold. Like I'm just being myself. And so I think that when people like the, the person you're talking about, when they do that, I think some of that comes from what you, when you don't know how to show up, you know, like I definitely with that in my own business for years, I've been doing this almost five years myself. And the first, I would say four, the first four full years, um, there you're, you're curbing your enthusiasm because you want to be seen a certain way. And I think one of the reasons why it's so important that people come and work with you, Nicole, is because you'll be able to help them harness that bold you know like when you know what it is you're talking about you don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks you just get up and you say it you know right. and I think that really lends to your confidence that lends to your assertion which is different than aggressive you know I think when you know what you know and you live in that zone of genius then you can stand up and you can say the things that are important and the rest of it kind of just rolls off your back but that only comes with experience you know That's right and so I think that what you're doing is so important because if you can get that alignment early on, like if someone had been able to take me and say like, what, what is this you're doing? This is not what you should be doing. This is not how you should be showing up. Like just to have a conversation with me, you could see that that's not where my jam is. Why am I playing in this arena? I should definitely be playing in this arena, you know, and it, it comes with experience, but to definitely have had someone say to me, the way you show up and what you present and how you're selling are not aligning with what you're actually trying to do. You know, I may not have listened, but I'd like to think that I would have listened because the whole time, you know, something's off, right? When you show up and you say to someone, well, I work with small businesses in a variety of industries. It's because you also don't know what you do. You know, exactly. he, he might, I, and I, I'm sorry if you said it was a gentleman or not, but um, that person he might have it in his head. They might have it in their head, what they think they're doing, but then how they're showing up is like, well, that doesn't tell me anything about right. you. And there's also the possibility he could be shy. He could be shy yeah. mm -hmm. 
and he's struggling with with saying what he does with conviction right yeah and that comes yeah. with experience too and and and, and he'll um he may learn um hopefully he'll you know i, I should just call him <laughs> <laughs> listen i, I got this program <laughs> Yeah. So that's actually, you know, we could use that as a bit of a case study. Like, what would you say to someone like that? What would you, how would you sort of coach them on that? I would coach them by, by asking the question, are you having success when you're networking? Are yeah. people calling you back? Yeah. Are you getting Great people question. emailing you because you're dropping your email in the chat right on the yeah. side? Because I know his answer is going to be no. Mm. Yeah. Right? I'm going to ask that because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe he's, you know, he or she is super attractive and magnetic and people are like, I don't care what this person says. I want to work with them. That happens. Yeah. Not often. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not often. So that's where I start is, is getting him to recognize maybe that there's a gap. Maybe yeah. there's something missing with yeah. his own process because yeah. sales process or sales funnels don't have, and I was going to get back to that, don't have to be that automated funnel that we think it is. A sales process is literally means how do you make connections yeah. and how do you, how do you collect clients? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like and how you want to make it simple. I want to, sh- and I want to share something. I want to share something because you, you sparked um, a memory. I was working with a client. I think I remember I spoke to you because you were, you, in order to close a sale, your yes starts at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Right. Your yes yeah. starts at the beginning. Which you so said, what, I didn't say, just to be clear, that was what you said. <laughs> and yes that's my, at the beginning. So right from when you're introducing yourself, yeah. right. In your, in your six squares or whatever, or whether it's through social media, your yes starts there. So it's like you said, like if your tone, if people think that you're too bold, it's going to be really hard to get that yes at the end because you're already getting a no at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it won't happen. You just got a little bit more work to do. Right. But here's here. I wanted to share this. So here's, I was talking with, um, with a client of mine and uh, not too long ago, who was all excited that they were 99% sure they had landed this client. This person's super excited. Mm-hmm. So she's contacting me asking me how to set up the proposal, but what, he wants to do is still put options in the proposal. Oh yeah. Right. So I asked him, I thought you said this is 99% a yes. He's like, well, it is. So why are you giving them options to opt out? Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Don't give them options that are going to confuse them that they have to think about. Right. And then you're not, you're going to wait, what, another week, two weeks. Will they even sign at that point? So if you know you're 90% sure of a proposal, don't give them, that's not when you give them options, you might be able to give them the option of what the ask is Mm -hmm. and option B is added bonuses. Mm -hmm. Okay. You need this. Um, Here's another package because it's my experience. You're probably going to ask for this anyway. Right. Right. That's okay. Anyway, I just wanted to add that because I think a lot of people get, it's the, it's the old expression of, the person who talks last goes home with the sale, mm. right? So if yeah. you're a good listener, it's the same with its written proposals. <laughs> Don't make them guess and think and have to go home and think about stuff again. Like solve right. the, handle their objections, handle everything at the time, whether you're doing a proposal, just just don't give them so many options that they're again they're confused 
because that happens, Heather. I can't tell you how many times I know people say, man, I thought I had it. I thought I had this project, man. Like they were talking to me. They were so excited. What happened? And then we go through the process and I ask them, okay, well, what did you do? What did you say? Yeah. And then they go through process and like, you lost it, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you confused them. You sent them in a different direction. They're not coming back. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I always say you stepped on your dick. Now, now move oh. along. <laughs> you did it right? to yourself. You overtalk, you overtalk yeah. yourself, and you overtalk, and then the client then gets confused and then doesn't yeah. know how to say yes anymore. Anyway, I just wanted to add that because that was a funny story when she thought she had the sale and then she was like, yeah. you know, do this big fancy proposal. I was like, no, no, you, you're, you're past that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great, a great anecdote actually. And I appreciate that. Cause I think that happens a lot. And I, I think sometimes the conversation is like, you just need to have the conversation so you can see it for yourself. You know, you, you, you put your, yourself in front of the mirror and that's hard. But I think the more you can do that and the more you can recognize that like, hey, I think I need a little help here, then the faster you can move, you know, like you, you get what you need to keep going. So I want to, um, want two things. <clears throat> One, I want to sort of change the conversation because I want to talk about pricing online courses. The other thing is, is I noticed, um, for those of you watching the video, but if you're listening to the podcast here, Nicole's Zoom, instead of having your name, you have your email there, which I just have to say, I'm going to do from now on. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> That's so great. Because when you see someone that you want to connect with, what's the first thing you ask? What's, what's your, your email? email? Yeah. So smart. So smart. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I want to talk about pricing your online courses. And I'm just going to set the stage here <clears throat> by telling a quick story about how we got to talking about this and why we're here talking about this today. So I have been offering my programming at uh, price in Canadian dollars, but I was selling it in US dollars because that's typically, my clients typically come from the US, um, except ironically, most of my clients are from Atlantic Canada right now. So I've made the switch back to Canadian dollars if that is necessary for the clients. But in doing that, I was researching about pricing and researching about why do some people use US dollars versus Canadian dollars versus Australian dollars because the US or the Canadian and the Australian dollar is par like what what looks better you know from a marketing perspective and that got me thinking about why do I even care about this I live in Canada why am I asking people to pay US dollars why am I thinking about that in that way and then I had a conversation with someone who brought to my attention the idea of pricing and the fact that, and this wasn't my observation, but I took it and I ran with it. The fact that we all price our stuff the same and that when they see something sold for like 97 bucks, like 97 bucks is worthless, by the way, <laughs> when it's 97 bucks, there's such a devaluing that happens there because there's nothing about that that stands out. So right away, it just becomes more noise in the world. And I took that and I sat with it and I thought about that. And I was like, I a hundred percent agree, which was interesting to me because I like the price. I actually like that pricing model of let's make it 1497. Let's make it 997. Um, it rolls off the tongue. It's easy to say. I, I know there's lots of marketing, you know, woo woo around it. And I don't know any of the research, but I got to thinking about it and then I got on my high horse like I usually do because I'm bold. <laughs> I was like, 
Um, this is a real actual thing and I'm not trying to convince anyone otherwise, but I would like people to consider why they've priced their courses the way they have. And my assumption here is that it's because it's what everyone else is doing. And I sat and I thought about my own pricing model and I've sold lots of courses online. I've coached lots of people to sell their courses at certain prices. When I sell a course to my clients, I sell it in round dollars, like just full, like 5,000 bucks, not 4,997. I'm like, this project will cost $5,000. So I wonder why behind the scenes I was doing that. But then out front, I was like, it's 4,997, you know? And, and so anyway, that led me to posting on, um, I sent a newsletter about it. I posted on Instagram about it. I recorded a video about it. Um, I wrote a blog about it and then I shared it on Facebook and you had commented that this was, this was interesting and you were thinking about this. Um, and then behind the scenes, you had actually changed your pricing model as a result of that conversation. I did. And so I'd like to talk from your, with your sales experience in mind, your marketing experience, maybe you can enlighten me a little bit about, cause I don't know, like and if you do, or maybe you don't, but I'm hoping you do, where this came from, this idea of like 97, you know, um, because you made a good point, like this isn't Walmart guys. And right. I felt exactly the same. I was like, I don't offer refunds because I'm not Walmart. I don't do sales. I do very strategic partnerships to offer discounts, but I don't just do willy nilly sales because uh, I'm not Walmart. So talk to me about that, Nicole. Tell me your thoughts. So this is, this is not new, right? So in marketing, if you think of anything from Sobeys, Superstore, Walmart, if you go to Leon's and you buy furniture, right? If you, you can buy furniture and the, the couch will be $14.97, yeah. right? It's not 1500 bucks. You can go, even a car, if you buy a car, a big high ticket item. So let's say the car, the car is 41,997 bucks. Yeah. Because the old, the old, the old, the brain sees that first number first. So rather than seeing a car or, or whatever, let's say a course at $5,000, then they see four. Now, what you and I started and what I started thinking about was, okay, this is an old tactic. It's still around. Sobeys is still doing it. Walmart's doing it. Um, the, you know, all the big brands are doing it. And then similar to like, if I buy uh, a lipstick from Mary Kay Cosmetics, it used to be like, um, you could buy stuff for like $12 and 50 cents. Yeah. But then I really started looking into it. And I was like, wait a second, the lipstick is 13 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. In this brochure, the lipstick is 13 bucks. The blush is 14 bucks. The mascara is 20 bucks. My, the face cream is 35 bucks. There's no 97 involved. And so I started to think about that. I was like, because Mary Kay sees themselves as a premium product. Ah, yeah. Right. They see awesome. themselves as a premium product. They know that their users don't care whether it's 34, 98 or 35 bucks. They want it because they love the product. Yeah. Then if you think about courses, if I go to Mount St. Vincent University and I sign up for a business course, the course is going to be 800 bucks. The course at the Mount is not 797 bucks, right? It's 800 bucks. Right. Why? Because it's what we refer to as capabilities training, right? It's to mm -hmm. enhance your career. It's, it's, it's a premium product because it's yep. going to make a big impact in your future. Yeah. 
So when you and I had started having this debate, I thought, oh my God, this is so interesting. And you were talking about, you know, positioning ourselves and the noise. And I'm like, you're right. Everybody online, especially in, especially from the US, you see that the $17 thing became incredibly popular. People, oh my God, yeah. Right? 17 bucks, 27 Yeah, the $29 download. Like, what? I can't make money on $29. (laughs) Right, right. And and the technical term is 17 bucks, bump bump up an offer to 27, and then you have your one-time offer for 77, you know, to try to get people to buy from you. Yeah. But what are they selling? Mm -hmm. And and in this conversation, this is what I thought about. And I thought about this on the couch for a long time after after we had that Facebook chat, because it's like, you know what? They're selling these products that you can buy and do and shove on a shelf yeah i you could choose to do it you choose not to do it there's no accountability involved there's no support involved well maybe some of them i shouldn't say that some of them there are well that's a good point though because the assumption you make based on the price says volumes right right so if you think yourself so i thought you know what I know my, my smart selling method is a premium product. This is not a beginner thing. I don't necessarily want to attract the tire kickers. Right. Those, those actually are not the people that I'm attracting to enroll in my course. Same right. as you, right? You're not, you're not enrolling people that have no clue what they yeah. want for a course. They have right. already had that established. They have to have the experience to be able to have a genius zone in the first place. Yeah. Hey, do you read <laughs> my posts? That's exactly what I write. <laughs> <laughs> to teach. So I thought that was brilliant. So I had my course, my soft launch was 997. Yeah. Now I only changed it to 990, but I did get rid of seven because I thought, you know what, this is this, I really loved, you opened that up. You opened it up even for me to go through that and go, wait a second, I'm not selling something for 998 or for 77 bucks or for 97 bucks. No, the value what I'm offering is not a deal. Yeah, needs your mindset to think you're getting a deal, right? Ninety-seven bucks versus a hundred bucks. You think you're getting a deal. I don't. I don't need you to think you're getting a deal. I need you to think that this is going to make a difference in your life. Yeah. Uh, thank you for saying that because I didn't understand why that was rubbing me the wrong way, and you just perfectly articulated it. It is the fact that it is something that is life-changing and it's an investment. You have to come to it as an investment. It's not willy-nilly. And we have processes in place to sort of keep the tire kickers at bay, but you don't want people to be attracted to you based on price alone. You know, like that can't be the thing that is the selling feature. It's a great filter when people are like, this is too much money for me. And it happens to me all the time, but I'm like, that's too much as a relative term, you know? Like it really is. And I think you have to respect people's decisions to decide that something is too much for them. And I'm shocked, Heather, when, when I hear that people say that your, your course is too expensive. Yeah. I'd be like, compared to what? Well, that's the point I made was like, where's the bar? There's no one else doing it. Right. If you're selling a course, you not expect your course to work. Yeah. What's the ROI? Yeah. If you spend 1100 bucks for Heather to help you upload a course on Thinkific, and then you plug that in. And then, okay, so you get five, 10 out of whatever you're selling, yeah. multiply that by what you're charging. You, you can't recoup that in the first month. Right. Yeah. And I guess the idea is that, you know, it's, um, you don't want to have to walk people through that conversation. Right. Cause then like, I don't want to have to explain that to people. I want to work with people who are at the point in their business right. where they know what return on investment is. 
And like, I didn't have to explain that to you. You were just no. like, take my money. Let's do it. You know? Right. And I remember I said to you, I don't know if you recall, but when we were on the phone, when we were finished, I was like, how, what, how was my pitch, Nicole? Like, you <laughs> <laughs> did ask me that. <laughs> I was like, what did, what did you think? Cause you were the first person to go through my program. Um, and so, yeah. So like when I, I price my program, it's 2,400 Canadian. And one of the things that I have been talking about is when you do the exchange to us dollars, um, and I'll, I, I just want to explain where, oh, yeah, where you're getting that price where, cause you're right. That is, that is the price, um, when you had come into the program, but it was converted to 1997 us. And then I offered an sort of early bird, uh, or whatever the term is. I don't know. I don't even like that term early bird. Uh, like, uh, welcome to the, the show. Nicole price is what it was. <laughs> um, and then that was, I think it was I think it was 1497 or I actually don't remember 1497 or 1197. Anyway, um, was doing it in UN dollar, US dollars, but it was the 97, right? It was the like, yeah. And so like, even as someone with as much experience as I have in doing this, it took someone commenting that like, this is, this isn't effective for everyone for me to go, Hey, wait now, why wasn't I just using that $2,400 mark? Why was I reducing, reducing, reducing um, and there's lots of logistics around it. Like you got to get it through the door. You got to get it in people's hands. There's launch strategies, all that stuff for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're ready to sell at full price, I think the, the, the conversation and the conversation I never want to have with someone is think of what you get in return. Because if I've done my job, you know what you're getting, Right. And I think that bringing it back to the beginning of our conversation is like, that's where you start to get into the pitch is like, well, let me, you know, parade my pony in front of you. Why don't you want this pony? When people get on the phone with me, they want the pony and they're ready to pay for it, you know, and I don't mean to diminish the work I do, but the, the point is, is if you've done a good job in marketing and, and I think you would agree that there is no sell right? Like you don't have to convince your clients to work with you. They get on the phone and they're like, oh my God, Nicole, take my money, help me, please. You know, and it, it's not a game and it's not a gimmick. I think it just speaks to, number one, I think you have to have experience to be able to do that. Um, but number two, I think that that says a lot about you knowing your customer and you knowing exactly what they need. And you've done the work to understand what it is that they need. And then it becomes a no brainer you're not even thinking about return on investment because you see where that right. investment is going to get. And you're not using sleazy words yeah. to attract it. You're just saying, this is how I can help you. If this yeah. is you and this is where you are, this is how I can help you. And you're like, this is me. Yeah. That is what I want. And yes, I do need that task accomplished by you. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, and I appreciate that, you know, you, you would wonder why people would think that that's expensive, but, um, I, I think one of the things I never try to do is justify my pricing, you know, and I think this is a good exercise for all course creators actually is like what you teach in the smart selling method. It took you a lifetime to acquire. How, how can you put a price tag on that? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I mean, you have, we have, cause we have to pick a price. That's right? 20 plus years of uh, training from national companies over and over and over again and right. experience of talking to clients. I mean, I can't, I've lost track of the thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of clients I would have talked to over the years. Yeah. So if you do the, and I forget who said it, I actually never read the book, but I know everyone talks about the 10,000 hour expert. Like you and I are 20 year seasoned experts. That's 30,000 hours of expertise 
And yeah, there's been lots of side side gigs and lots of different things going on. But like your core focus has been to help people align themselves with their message and their product. That is, you've always been that person, right? I've just been like, there's a better way to do this. Yeah. Right. And so when you think about that, and I think, you know, it's a great point when you think about people listening who want to create online courses, I can teach you to do that quickly but I can't teach you to know what you know. You have to come and know that information and you have to be confident in that information so that you don't get hung up on the bullshit as you're creating your course. People who've only been doing this a couple of years or don't have the experience like you do, that's when they get caught up in the bullshit and the details and they can't produce, right? And so I think when you think about the skill that you've attained here and the same goes for people taking your course, when they walk away from working with me or when they walk away from working with you, they're, they've leveled up tremendously because they're not just walking away with information. They're walking away with tactical, practical ways. And even in many cases, your, your program, especially they're walking away with things done. Yes. And I can't fathom putting a price on getting things done. It's more valuable than anything. If you can produce and you get the result of your action, I, I mean, I don't know, pick, pick your, pick your price. You can charge anything you want for it. Now I know there's market and there's economy caps and all that stuff, but like within reason, and you got to know your, your clients as well and, and what they can reasonably manage. But I think at the end of the day, um, when you know what you're selling and you know that it transforms lives, there's my cat. Um, I think you can ask a premium without batting an eye. And I think your program, especially absolutely premium product. I had an amazing time working with you to do that. And it's funny because people think I get to see all these courses, but I actually don't go through and take your course with you. Right. But I know from the conversations that I have with you and the way that experts light up when they're talking about their shit, you know, when you talk about sales and just like, Oh, keep talking. Like, because you know, you can tell that's that boldness, that confidence, you know, and not enough people have that but they're all selling like they do, you know? And I think the beauty of what you do and what makes you such a beautiful person and such an accomplished entrepreneur is that you just show up as you and you have done this long enough to know that there is no other way to do it. And that's, that's what you're helping people to understand. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, every word of it, like it's, it's been amazing to see this program come to life but it's been more amazing for me to get to know you because we know each other in circles. Um, but you know, we haven't had conversations the way we have since we've started working together, working together. and it's been incredible. Like you're a brilliant, brilliant entrepreneur and woman. And I think that people, when they think about sales, I think they think of the car salesman and I, absolutely want people, you know, but I, and I said to you, like when people think about sales, I want them to think about you. I want them to think of Nicole is the leading sales trainer who can and I help think, you and I think Heather. That. And I think that's why over the years, people are scared to say that they're in sales or, mm-hmm. or, or use the word, yeah. which is where I believe I could be wrong. Maybe somebody will set me straight that the term marketer merged as a marketing and salesperson is a marketer. Yeah. And somehow marketer was a safer word. Yeah. Than saying marketing and sales. Yeah. But if you're comfortable, it's back, it's back to that. I don't know how old you, you know, if you're old enough to remember the people who used to knock on doors and sell Amway. 
Yeah, of course. Right? Yes. Yeah. So back in the day, um, even in the 80s, early 90s, they wouldn't tell you that they were selling Amway. Right. They wouldn't tell you. And, I, and, and my husband and I started doing it. And I remember back then saying, why are you guys ashamed to say that you're selling Amway? This is yeah. a fantastic premium product. Yeah. Why are you trying to sleaze your way into someone's house? Because you don't want to tell them what it is. Yeah. So my husband and I, against against advice, mm-hmm. I said, my husband, we're telling people that we're selling Amway mm-hmm. because products are fantastic. Yeah. And we grew our business was huge. We had oh, huge. Yeah. I we, bet. Had, we had eighty people. It was like it was crazy. It was so much fun. We were just kids before I had children. This yeah. long. But the, the idea is, again, is if you're proud, the, the moral of the story I'm saying this is, if you're proud of what you deliver mm-hmm. and you know without a doubt that you can make a difference and help somebody complete a task, yeah, then you've got it. Yeah, It's gold. What you have is gold. So Absolutely. don't, don't, yeah, right? So just yeah. tell people the truth. Yeah. Be transparent. Mm-hmm. Grow that whole know, like, and trust, you know, build your authority, all that stuff, build that brand, your personal brand, your business brand, it's all one, it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, you are your best asset, right? Like you're your best asset. So yeah. it's in your best interest to just show up as you, but your best you. Yes. Right. Your yes. best you, mm-hmm. um, in order to attract those people to you so that you can have conversations, Yeah. not, not pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Conversation is, 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 I like that. I like thinking of it as let's just, let's just talk, you know, everything starts with a conversation. Why do you think everybody's website is book a call with me? Book a yeah. call. Let's talk. Let's talk. Conversation yeah. is what you need to have with that potential, with that potential client. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Nicole, uh, obviously I could sit here and talk to you all day. <laughs> that was a blast. I think we'll, we'll end it there. And I just want uh, to ask you if you can tell everyone how they can reach out to you if they want to learn about the smart selling method or learn more about how you help people align their messaging. with Absolutely. Them. Absolutely. My website is www.smartcatmarketing.ca. My email is just my name. It's Nicole at smartcatmarketing.ca. And you can also find me. You'll find me prevalent. I'm, I'm fairly active on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Cool. Awesome. That's fantastic. And please everyone be sure to check out the smart selling method. Nicole knows her shit. I can't say that enough. I just like, I'm just like, Oh, Nicole, keep talking to me about sales. You're the only person I take sales advice from. (laughs) Just like, there's just so much beauty in what you say. You make it so accessible. I love it. It's fantastic. It doesn't have to be a dirty word, right? If it's done right, can be a lot of fun and can be lucrative. Fantastic. Thanks so much for being here, Nicole. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about how I help entrepreneurs just like you create online courses quickly and easily, please visit heatherdevoe.com slash think big, move fast. I will teach you practical, tactical, and actionable steps to go from idea to fully finished, functional, ready to sell online course in just 30 days flat. Short on time? I got you. No idea where to start? Let's talk. I'm the leading instructional design coach for entrepreneurs who want to create online courses faster and easier than ever before. I make online course creation simple so you can make it faster.